Geek Shock. Your AC broke. Is that what I'm hearing? Or the uh, kind of? It stopped. It stopped working uh, on one night. So it broke, or just stopped and then started again mysteriously and stayed on. Well, not quite mysteriously. Um, I was in a, a bit of a panic, although I didn't have a panic attack, which was nice. Hey, summers in Vegas and no AC. That's mm-hmm. that is reason to panic. Well. It actually it was less that, and it was more the cost of getting it fixed, because it was circulating air, but it, the compressor was not cooling, and so a compressor that that could run up all the way to two thousand dollars, yeah, two oh, yeah. two thousand. So I was just like, this could be very bad. So I got a hold of my old AC guy, who my dad used he's been taking care of this ac for a decade and he's like eh, yeah i'll come by 7 a.m tomorrow if you're a bubble you know no, okay so i'm just sitting there and i'm like how you know how the hell am i gonna how where am i gonna get the money what what am i gonna do this is this is just gonna be awful so at one point during the day i'm sick of the heat kit was miserable I'm the sure. the heat the heat actually drained him. He was just napping all the time because I was, was fine. So crappy. <laughs> yeah, Andy was doing okay. You do well in heat? No, I do well when I'm nowhere near the. Oh, oh, you were well San Diego. Yet. You weren't back yet. Okay. Yeah. So I I actually went upstairs and I was like, Duncan, I'm going to the store. Do you want to join me? And he's like, Yeah. And he didn't actually have anything he wanted to get. He just just wanted to get out of that <laughs> yeah. house. So while I was in Walmart, my AC guy calls. And I'm like, you know, I answer the phone and he's like, it just occurred to me, you have a digital thermometer, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, check your batteries. Because when the batteries get low, the thermometer, the thermostat, I should say, the thermostat will respond to touch commands and light up and stuff, but it won't necessarily send a signal to the cooling to turn on and i was like that's weird and he's like yeah that they're, they're just funny that way so, when so we if got, the battery run thing doesn't have energy yeah it fucks up your heating and air system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's not like it shuts off or says i didn't even have a battery alert signal yeah but, they, they don't usually but i uh, i re- i opened it up there were three triple A's. One of them was nicely crusted over at the contact. Oh, good Well, times. there's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I pulled them out. I put in the fresh batteries after cleaning the contact, put it on. Uh, and then I had to wait because it's that type of system where it's, it's like you say, oh, it's 88 degrees. Well, let's shoot for 85. <laughs> and it'll go, wait. And it. I don't know what it's exactly doing because you don't hear a rumble or anything. It's just like, you wait. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. Yeah. So five minutes later. I'm doing this on my own time. Uh-huh. Five minutes later, it started blowing. And a few minutes after that, the air got cold. And then it was like, oh, cool. Well, thank goodness. He's skipping so, the part where he used a monkey's paw. <laughs> uh, clearly, 
He cursed me by getting that thing fixed for nothing. <laughs> uh oh, what happened? Okay, first off, welcome to Geek Shock. What? Number 400. We're doing a podcast? 48. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. And we're here to talk week and geek and air conditioning systems, mm. apparently. Uh, but how how did he curse you with a monkey paw? I just drove him from uh, San Diego, and boy, are my arms tired because my power steering went out. Oh, how far? Yeah. How, how far back? Um, two days into the trip, so I drove back from San Diego with no power steering. Oh wow! Yeah, that, your arms are tired. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get swole. You realize <laughs> it's dangerous to drive a vehicle without power steering. Well, it's right? the it's the, it's the poverty workout. I'm gonna either get swole or get killed. Not to mention, probably do further damage to your vehicle. Well, but hey, who cares wow. about? Wow, Jeff him. is just full. Yeah. Of <laughs> Thank you, eighties Jeff PR for. Oh, you want me to go further? Yeah. Hey, Kirsten, did you know the average life of an AC compressor in Las Vegas is only eleven years? <laughs> Jesus, Debbie Downer, what's up with you? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I went to go. Uh, it just shut off when I was leaving the hotel one morning, and uh, and I uh, went to go. Fill up the. I went to buy, bought some uh, power steering fluid. Mm-hmm. Opened the trunk and couldn't find where to put it. So then I it, looked. Th- in wait, the, you uh, looked in the trunk? I looked in the. Sorry, I looked in the bonnet. I looked in the hood. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> say, I was gonna say. I would hope it was not in the well, trunk. Here's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, I couldn't find it, so I looked in the owner's manual, and uh, they, you know, there's nothing about power steering fluid. And I was like rushing to get down to the gig, so I ran down. And uh, muscled my way into San Diego with no power steering, and then the next that night, I, I actually dug read through the whole manual and found that I don't have uh, fluid. It's an electric. Uh, yeah, it doesn't use fluid. I was surprised, oh. amazed. I don't know. I don't know. Yay! Oh, the electrical ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah you can still do damage to your engine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And I'm going to die of AIDS. Yeah, I know. Come on. <laughs> well, I, first of all, I want to say thank you. Uh, we have Washington Sweet Cherries here. And I mm. want to thank Commander K for grabbing a plate to spit his pits in, whereas Andy's just amassed a little pile on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I brought the cherries. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something, but I already, I already hit him with a couple of. You're saving it for power. Oh Oh, yeah, oh yeah, hit him with the car stuff, but let the pits on the table go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so anything geeky happened this week, gentlemen? Uh, No, I uh, had nothing to do with compressors and electrical system steering. I spent three days at the San Diego Comic Con uh, drawing uh, uh, aliens and uh, alien encounters for the History Channel. So you were actually working then? I was. Okay. For the History Channel. Yes, for the History Channel. So so tell me more about this gig. I got a last minute gig. They talked to me about it like a week and a half ago. They they asked me to work Saturday and Sunday. And then uh, uh, Thursday night... At three, they said, "We did. We were really busy today. We need somebody else tomorrow. Can you come down?" So, within two hours, I was packed and on the way to San Diego. Oh wow! Or, and of course, you know, you, you get a gig in San Diego a week before the gig. Uh, there's no hotels in San Diego. Yeah, I was no. going to say. I hope they provided you with a hotel. Oh no, they room did not. This gig. No, I stayed in uh, 
Carlsbad for two of the days. And then the last day, I wised up and moved to Escondido. As, as mind, keep in mind, for, for an entire day while he was telling me this, I thought he was staying at Carl's dad. <laughs> Carl's dad, yeah. <laughs> Carl Big Black from last episode. Right, so of course. He was wonderful last episode, by the way. Yeah. yeah. That dude's a wonderful boy. Yeah. I'd like to have him on more often, but, you know, he's got a life. Yeah, well. He's got kids and grandkid <laughs> now, so. Mm. I bet he doesn't spit cherries on the table. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. No. So, yeah, I was down there... Um, I wasn't actually in the con. I was in a parking lot by Petco Park where they had this whole bunch. Of, I mean, when we were talking about this like last year, I think, yeah. you don't need to go to the con. Yeah. You just need to go down there around it because there's so many little things around it. Uh, I've resisted the word activation for a long time, but now I think there really is no other word for what it was. I was in an activation. I was working for uh, the Project Blue Book, which we apparently talked about in Red Light, Blue Light, and I'm sure I dissed, but uh, Red light, I'm blue sure light? they're fine. Red Light, Green Light. Okay. I like red light, blue light, though. We just do red light, blue light. <laughs> oh, my God. Kill Kay. Kay. Kay, are you choking on a cherry pit? He swallowed a pit. Oh, that's a pits, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> red light, blue light. Welcome back, Andy. <laughs> uh, my dreams are my ticket out. That's, dis- uh, that's district hopping here in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's Project Blue Book, and uh, they just did not have anything they they wanted to promote it but they didn't have any footage they didn't have any there's a comic book in fact here have have everybody have a have a blue project blue book comic book okay okay project blue book comic book yeah blue book comics right, 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 right. a baba book a red right, light right, comic right. Book. pass those suckers out a, a red light green yeah. light blue book so uh nobody who was promoting it had seen the show because uh, uh i'll probably need those those are parking receipts i'm sure um <laughs> he was talking about the comics yeah. <laughs> i'm probably gonna need those don't don't bend them <laughs> so um somebody brilliantly set up this fake night because it's set in the 50s uh jay allen heinick is one of the characters okay so they set up a little fake um military encampment with the 50s there's a wiley's jeep in front of it um bunch of cargo containers big project blue book sign and you went inside and there was Again, there's no footage. There were three blank walls. You walked in this room with three blank walls, and one of the other artists had drawn these wonderfully creepy pictures that they'd printed in uh, some sort of black-white ink. So there's black walls, and so they turn the lights on the wall, and suddenly you've got this weird creepy picture on the wall drawn on there. And there's uh, audio stuff that apparently isn't... Some of it might be from the show. Some of it's mostly stuff they did right for the thing itself. Again, okay. they have nothing to promote it with. Except for this comic book, which they're passing at the end. Uh, so we just had all actors doing Project Blue Booky stuff for these people. And uh, So they, what does that mean, that they're doing Project Blue Booky stuff? I mean, they're just dressed up like it's they're in Project Blue Book. They're like dragging so people through like, and like showing FBI them stuff. Like FBI thing? They're, they're, well, okay, they're, they're Air Force. Let's just say, all, yeah, for what those is who don't know. Book? For uh, those Project who, Blue Book yeah, was the Air you. Force's investigation into UFOs in the early 50s. Okay. Based on the comic, I assume that it's kind of... Uh, X-Files beats uh, Men in Black or X-Files versus Men in Black. Yeah, this... this yeah, From we did, executive we, producer Robert Zemeckis, yeah. Aidan Gillen, Michael Malarkey, Project Blue Book, coming yeah. soon to the History Channel. Thank yep. you. So, uh, yeah, they had the, the room we were in, they had a, a bank of these cool computer things, you know, they, but they are retro-looking computers, um, and people were sending messages to the stars. They actually had some sort of program to send messages out 
via via radio waves at the speed of light. Um, <laughs> <Alpha> d- <laughs> Jesus, Kirsten. <laughs> Stop trying to breathe the cherries. <clears throat> no, I just remembered your question oh, about yeah, radio was, waves and the speed of light. Yeah, it so- <laughs> sounded hinky to me, but apparently that's, so that's real. Okay. He <laughs> <laughs> was like... Radio waves travel. That didn't sound right to me. <laughs> How fast do they travel? Well, I'm like, and it was actors. It was actors repeating lines, and occasionally they screw it up. So it's go airwaves at the speed of light, and I'm like, mm, that's not gonna work. <laughs> now that is a legit concern. Because right. um, yeah. So, but uh, the I, I talked to the uh, the guys who were organizing it, who were actually looking at the messages they're sending off, and a good deal of them were saying. Please come take Trump away. <laughs> <laughs> so, a million years later on, right when they're intercepted, right. So, um, what I was doing was when you walk, when you were in the front of this whole thing, you'd sit down and they'd give you a form, and it was actually the same form that they used for the real Project Blue Book when people would encounter an UFO. Oh. So it had the same questions, which I realized after looking at the things for two days, I'm like. There's a checkoff here for being in the city or in the countryside. There's no checkoff for the suburbs. Oh, because that wasn't a thing really back <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they, they would fill out their alien encounter on this form. And then this stack of forms would come to us and we'd draw them in five minutes. And uh, there was like four artists working away, just cranking away, just drawing pictures in front of people. Cranking out sketches. It was and cranking out weird sketches. And it was it was fun. It was just... Sounds fun. Oh, I was just sitting there like, oh, yeah, you want me to draw weird stuff for eight hours? Okay, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pay me I, for this? Technically, it was <laughs> nine was hours, say. like an hour lunch, but none of us are taking an hour lunch. We're like, yeah, throw some food and we get back here and draw some weird shit. So, yeah, it, was, it was great. Tricky sandwiches with cranberry yeah. sauce. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, we were in a place that was free to get into. Uh, it was a parking lot. Uh, there was us. There was Shark Week was next to us. They had a giant inflatable shark. Fun. But in the front of the inflatable shark, there was some sort of mechanical thing. So they would, every now and then, they would take stuff and throw it in a mechanical mouth and crush it. So uh, they, they, okay. were, they were like crushing objects. I didn't actually see it. I, I saw the aftermath as I'm pulling stuff out of it. But I, I was working. So, you know. so like mechanical Gallagher. Right. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd run to the bathroom. I'd go, oh, they apparently killed that. Okay. The <laughs> crush a <matic. laughs> That was there. There was a cloak and dagger area. There was a there was a place for doing esports. There were people playing video games. So you could watch them playing video games on this huge screen. A band called what the hell was it? It was a band made up of a band made up of uh, actors, and it was like the the band band or something like that. Or but it, I know what's his name that that uh, the Paul, Dan the Dan band the band band B A N N E D or something like that or band from TV or oh, there were a bunch yeah. of actors. But what's his name that Paul hates? The guy that's in all the... Uh... Neelix? Oh, no, uh, the other guy he hates. It's, he's one of the founding members. Yes. Um, uh, shoot. I'm blanking the, out on the his guy name. from he Heroes. He was in Heroes. He was in... The guy from Star Wars who shouldn't Star be in Wars. Star Wars. Oh, uh, Jeff... J.J. Uh, Abrams' best friend. That's um, it. That guy. Grimgould or whatever. Yes. Yes. Mark Grunberg. That's the one thing. No, Greg Grunberg. Greg Grunberg. Yeah. Grunberg. Grunberg. Yeah. So he was in there. Yeah. Play. He was in there in the band. John Fangberg. Yeah, the, the, it's banned from TV, B-A-N-D. That's and it. they, it's uh, basically, it's uh, a bunch of people that he has met over his career that are all like musicians on the side. And so they formed this band. Like, so uh, is this Grunberg's band? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think he plays the drums in the band, if I remember correctly. Grunberg you should have just named it that. Um, the Grunberg band, yeah. like um, it was uh, one of the one of the actors from uh, two actually two of the actors from House, uh, 
the lead actor and <laughs> one of the side actors. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Had been in it. The lead actor from House was one of the guys? Because yeah, um, I didn't get to see it because it happened after I left. Damn it. I'm trying to think of all the different... Because like, it's kind of like a rotating lineup It now. sounds like Pussycat Dolls where people come in No, no. This kid... The, the, what's his name? His name's right out. Hugh Laurie. It was Hugh yeah. Laurie? Hugh Laurie Hugh has been amazing. in it. Holy crap. I ran across a video of Hugh Laurie and he's playing St. James Infirmary. Because they've, they've and had it a... Is like the definitive version in my head now. There is no oh, other wow. version of St. James Infirmary. It's, it's him doing that song. It's amazing. But yeah, it's basically... It's, Holy crap. I wish it's I'd a charity that. Band. I would have hung out. It's a charity band. They do covers. Uh, major- the majority of the music they do are covers. Um, there's been like a lot of people that have rotated through. Uh, like I said, Greg Grunberg's in it. Um, Jesse so Hugh Spencer. Lo- Hugh Laurie who, might not have been in it then. No, Hugh Laurie has been in it. Right, but I'm saying uh, he, he might, might not have been, been, been in there that day. He probably wasn't. Um, now, now if it's in a parking lot. But like Huey Laurie's been in it. Terry Hatcher's been in it. Um, uh, there's some other names here I don't recognize off the top of my head. So but, it's um, kind of an update of the... Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, they it, get together, they have a good time, they raise Price money for charity. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of an update of, uh, of uh, Seduction of the Innocent, which was uh, made of comic book creators and actors. Okay. Um, Miguel, Don Johnson Miguel, was in it. Miguel Ferrar was in it. Um, um, Harvey Keitel Billy Mooney, who crossed over on both. But uh, there, was, there was one that I saw... Um, Ernest Borgnine was in it. That they uh, they do, they were on um, like one of the morning shows. And I just happened to be up mm. early that day, and uh, Hugh Laurie was doing the lead vocals. But they were doing like kind of a, a round on the vocals. That the song that goes ain't got a song, ain't got no melody. Gonna yeah. sing it with my friends. So they yep. did that. They split all the different parts all the way it's around. All right. And it was fantastic. Hugh Laurie was playing the piano while he was singing, and it was and it just jumping around. It was fantastic. They were actually really good. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna look some of that. But seriously, do yourself a favor. Look up Hugh Laurie St. James Infirmary. Yeah, he did a whole album. He did a whole album of uh, of blues stuff. Well, apparently he. But he is amazing. He's he was he did a lot of singing back in England. Too, well, he did. See, so. he was he played uh, played music when he was he doing like musical um, theater and so forth. Well, when he was doing um um blah, 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 Jeeves and Worcester, he was he was, he, okay. he was he was with Stephen Fry, which is another great show. Right, uh, he was playing piano a lot in that. And this group's called the Grunberg Band. It's uh, called, called Band, Band from TV. Now that he's reminded me, that's yeah. exactly what Band it was. from TV. B A N D from TV. Anyways, the point is you can go out to the Comic-Con and not go into the con and still absorb a lot of stuff. There was a Purge City that I never got to go into. A lot of the stuff was happening during the day when I was working, so I couldn't see sure, it. Right. But I would walk by it at night and go, that looks cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's become its own thing now. Yeah. It's like, can't get into the convention center, come do this. Yeah. Although, I have gotten reports from people that, uh, that do go to the con that have told me that more and more of them are become or have become affiliated with the con, so they won't uh, let you in without the badge. At least, if you at least show them the badge, yeah, you could have gotten the thing. I was but saying. there's still there's still several not not to knock it. There's still several free things that you yeah. can do just by walking around downtown Project Petco Blue Park, etc. It was a fun. I mean, with a couple of the um, there was a guy who was a spy who was at the end. When you get to the end, this guy was a spy in his little fedora and stuff, and and people would get to the end and you go. Look, you know, you gotta, you know, we're gonna try and get the word out about this. Let's spread, tell everybody about it, and that's where the comic books come. You pull up a filing cabinet and pull it out. Because <laughs> you know, the the set. I mean, we were basically working in the set the whole time. There were these desks from the fifties. I was wearing, I had wardrobe from Western costume. I was wearing uh, my my head. I had nineteen fifties pants chaps? on. You had chaps. I had nineteen fifties oh. slacks on. They were wool. 
uh, the fly went down to my taint. Um, <laughs> it's like, wow, the fly went down to your taint in the 50s. Interesting. Uh, I was wearing a tie that was gorgeous. It, was, uh, it, was, it had casino chips on it. Oh. And, and, and at one point I looked at it and it actually says 1950 on it. It really was an actual vintage 1950s tie. Nice. Oh, this whole thing sound reminds me of the mob experience so much that fun. Gana used to have. Yeah, where you walk through and you, they made you feel like you were an actual informant for the mob. Right, right. That, that was of kind of fun. So the, the that's a lot of fun. So one day, one night at the end of it, we were kicking around waiting for. Oh, we were waiting for to get, to get into where we could change. The key wasn't there yet. Okay, and uh, we they gave us box lunches, and somebody had the box lunch with them. They they a bunch of actors, so you know the box lunch includes a cookie. So mm. most of the actors are just putting the cookie aside. So somebody put all the cookies in one of the boxes, and they had that with them. <laughs> and two guys who were dressed as you know in in, in navy uniforms, they were you know in very formal looking navy uniforms, and the spy are sitting there and like handed the handed their phone to to one of the uh, other artists, and we went down to the crowd, and they ran through the crowd with one guy with the with the uh, sorry navy air force guy in front. Air Force guy in the back and a spy in the middle with the box, and they went through acting as if they were trying to get through. Oh, they say Air Force in the front, Navy in the back. That's right, Air Force. Yeah. So they we we, we ran through the crowd videotaping them as they sort of like they don't call them rear admirals for nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, actor guys, you guys were great. <laughs> but yeah, they they we <gasps> they just did a little impromptu theater where they ran through the crowd through all the. The nerds in their costumes and, and push their way through, uh, you know, coming through official stuff and then just literally push their way through. And at one point, we just lost them. So this video is just them pushing through the crowd and then they disappear to the crowd and we can't keep up with them. So yeah. what? where does the box of cookies come they, that's, they, that's, that's what they're carrying in the middle. That's what they're, the spy was carrying the cookies as if they were like so, moving this hot package that they had to get out. Oh. Uh, what oh. happened to the cookies? I don't know. That's we all lost, I care about. We lost them. They got <laughs> he out sets the up the cookies <laughs> and then. It goes nowhere. Yeah, every, I'm, I'm waiting everyone's for. Everyone's up these cookies. I'm waiting for Project Blue I, I bet, Cookie I bet handout. The, I bet they would have handed out the cookies, but they didn't. I don't know if they did or not. We didn't get. They they got ahead of us. I almost found out what to do with the cookies. I love how he spent ten minutes on the cookie story, and there was no I, payoff. I don't know why I mentioned the cookies. This is a box. There's an empty box. I kept waiting for yeah. it. Yeah. That's what was killing me. <laughs> I was like, okay, cookies, cookies. Wait, is he still on the cookie story? I, I actually had the one cookies. of those cookies Now there are these guys running through a crowd. What nah. the hell? I was that, excited. And that's where it ended. Yeah. <laughs> There's a videotape. I said, if that videotape appears, I will, uh, <laughs> that video shows up, I will God let you guys know. God damn it, there's video. If you know where that videotape went, write to us. Comments yeah. on the couch show. Yeah. No, I bet it's going to be online somewhere. What else did you do this week, gentlemen? I got bent out of shape about the... James Gunn thing. Oh, yeah, you did. Ah, I yes, saw yeah. that. I have that under news you don't give a shit about, but if you want to tackle it here, we can. It, it's up to Go you. Go to places any. My thing, <clears throat> actually, I, I, I'm really not going <clears> to <throat> go into whether he should have been fired or not or anything, because frankly, I think that the whole boycott and demand firing thing is... A, is it was a convoluted group. It, it's a group that... Yeah, I know. D- all their they're out to do is cause yeah, chaos and they're going after and they're Gunn specifically going he, after people who are yeah. known to be liberal and actually i mean uh, a lot of that was triggered by the thing after shapiro and stuff yeah. do you want to read your 
Yeah, I think just to make sure that everybody's on the same page as to what had happened up to this point, uh, this is what I have under the news don't give a shit about banner. Uh, James Gunn, who launched the Gardens of the Galaxy franchise in 2014, was in process of writing the third installment of the series. He's been removed from his position by the Walt Disney Company. Gunn's dismissal comes after old, offensive social media posts referencing pedophilia and rape were unearthed, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Quote, the offensive attitudes and statements discovered on James' Twitter feed are indefensible and inconsistent with our studio's values, and we have severed our business relationship with him, Walt Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn said in a statement provided to Sci-Fi Wire. The tweets, dating back as far as 2008, were found and posted by a conservative website, The Daily Caller, particularly in response to Gunn's frequent criticism of Donald Trump on Twitter. Gunn responded to the tweets Thursday night as in a thread attempting to explain his past conduct and his evolution as a person and creator. Gunn then issued a statement in the aftermath of his firing Friday afternoon, saying, My words of nearly a decade ago were, at the time, totally failed in unfortunate efforts to be provocative. I have regretted them for many years since, not just because they were stupid, not at all funny, wildly insensitive, and certainly not provocative like I had hoped, but also because they don't reflect the person I am today or have been for some time. Regardless how much time has passed, I understand and accept the business decision taken today. Even these many years later, I take full responsibility for the way I conducted myself then. All I can do now, beyond offering my sincere and heartfelt regret is to be the best human being I can be, accepting, understanding, committed to equality, and far more thoughtful about my public statements and my obligations to our public discourse. To everyone inside my industry and beyond, I again offer my deepest apologies. Love to all, unquote. It's unclear to this point what this means for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which was eyeing a 2020 release date. A gun's involvement at Disney-owned Marvel Studios was also expected to extend beyond Volume 3, and now that will be left to other filmmakers. All right, so now that's what's happened. Yes. Now the reactions. Yeah, I got a, I got a lot of, wow, Disney has went thin, it's right. And it's like, I'm not saying that Disney has violated its rights or is doing something criminal. <clears throat> I do think it's dumb. Well, Disney has always had and as, uh, more as time has gone on became, becoming more of a corporate entity a kind of philosophy of you take a bullet for the mouse the mouse does not take a bullet for you yeah it's yeah, they anything that could possibly tarnish their public image you're gone it's just it's the reality of the company there's a lot of shady shit that they do below the surface that never gets out or well, yeah, gets out and gets dismissed. And somebody, somebody actually made a great point on Twitter uh, when people were like, yeah, you can't forgive that just because it was tenured and he apologized. And somebody was like, okay, so because of Song of the South, Disney should not make movies anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it would have been one thing. See, my personal opinion on stuff like this, we all do stupid stuff when we're young. Yep. It's just, it's just a matter of fact. But he wasn't that young. But yes and on. no. But he he admitted that he it was a failed attempt to be provocative yeah. when he was an independent filmmaker. Okay, and you're looking to get... Actually, can I add, what's this sure. provocative shit? Because he got fired. 
It sounds like it was I, provocative. Honestly, I don't think it's worth repeating what he said in no, the No, I'm not asking what he oh. said. I'm asking what is provocative. He was trying what to... Is, what do people mean when they say that? Because he got fired. That sounds provocative to me. All right, so basically 10 years ago... I he, know what happened. He tweeted out some stuff. Yes. How, and now, got, now, what does provocative mean? Just it means he me. was trying to get buzz for himself by doing something edgy back 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. Okay. Not currently. Right. Okay, so that's, provocative that's where I was, means That's what I was getting, getting at. You're trying... I, I'm, I'm not asking about that. I'm at provocative means you're being edgy. He was saying something to edgy. He was trying to, to get people to talk about him. Okay. To, to talk about his films that he was making. All righty. And also to talk about... Basically being know, the third-rate Howard Stern on Twitter. Yeah. Exactly, okay. exactly. The difference with most of these things for me personally is if, yes, you did something stupid and then you work sincerely to make up for what you've done and you, you honestly work towards change and to become a better person, I think all of that should be forgiven. Now, there are quite a few people that do the opposite. They say these things... 10, 15, 20 years ago, and it's clear that they have not changed and they continue to be the same person that made these statements years ago. They've those are the people. Enough to be quiet about it. Yeah, those are the people that need to be held accountable. But something that he said 10 years ago that he has actively, both in public life as well as private life, worked to try to make up for. There's just no reason for him to be fired. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I'm completely with you on that, except that, yeah, it's it's Disney, and they're going to, I mean, he, he wasn't hired by Disney. He was hired by Marvel, right? He was, he was well, working. It was. His, Disney had already acquired I'd, Marvel. Had they already acquired it when yes. they got it for that? Okay. Because well, Guardians of the Galaxy was phase two. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, well, then they Disney knew what they knew were doing. <laughs> Who they were hiring. They hired him for a reason because they liked his movie making style. You know, baggage and all. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, and at this you know, point, he had already apologized yeah. for this was already known news. He apologized like profusely, what, as, as much as like six, six years seven ago. years ago, and then has repeatedly because every couple sure. of years somebody brings this back up. All right. Well, then, then I'm completely on his side and fuck them all. I mean, well, you know, he's reason, not holding any animosity towards. No, Disney. that was a really the statement you read. Yeah. That was that was a really well, well played, put together political statement. He really said everything he needed to say. But the people that are the real, empowered the aren't real hear it. issue is there is a specific group that is targeting certain public individuals to tarnish their image, not on stuff that they're currently doing. But that they did many, 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 many well, years anything. ago. They're yeah. tarnishing their at image all. with anything at all. Right. Exactly. I mean, we've we've told some pretty nasty jokes here. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we, yeah. we none of us can run for office. You know. Um, and, well, no. no. What about now. never mind office? What about work? Mm. What about getting you getting a gig, Andy, and somebody pulls up an old episode with a series of jokes? Doesn't have to be. And we have child had, sex jokes, but we've had all those off-cover jokes in our past. But this show has been going on for ten years, pa and Paul we got a and, lot. And Paul has no problem being off-color in that stuff because he's funny with it. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. But some of that stuff was borderline racist. Mm -hmm. Some of that stuff was pedophilia jokes. Borderline. 
<laughs> it was highly risque. Yeah. Yeah. And and we've it and, was and, and we have all participated and I know that I've said things on the show in the past that I don't agree with now sure. as a person. I, I have my story where I was being edgy with underage sex jokes and then I had that afternoon where I listened to three episodes in a row and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to stop that." <laughs> And Matt Donnelly, when I was talking to him about it, he called it. He was like, you don't want that to become your thing. And I'm yep. like, yeah, no. And it's like, I mean, when you hear it, when you're listening to sure. it, and, and realizing that this isn't a joke between friends, this, th- this pertains to a conversation we had with Matt. I think back then it was the Tosh.0 or something. Mm-hmm. But Matt made the point of any joke is appropriate he said it's a matter of knowing your audience. Yeah. And your audience knows and trusts you that your joke is a joke. And that is that is the key. When your audience suddenly explodes, that can totally Yeah. Cuz when you think about it, his his, his tasteless jokes sure, it's, it's are a perfect trauma yeah, environment. Yeah, he comes from Tromia and Juliet. His yeah. f- his first out of trauma film was Slither. It's yeah he comes yeah. that's where his background is. It's very I true. didn't appreciate the false reporting. Yeah, friends of mine were telling me that motherfucker uh, tweeted thousands of pedophilia and rape jokes, and I'm like, no, he, wow. He, he used the number thousand in one of them, and that guy posted a video. Of uh, prepubescent kids touching themselves, singing. Oh, yeah, and I was like, "Okay, that's pretty bad." Now, I uh, I want to give Matt Spaulding credit because he was pretty hot about this, mm-hmm. and Jeff Harris and I were we were we were having a civilized argument argument in the term of discussion rather than in terms of a shouting match, and Matt actually started doing in, uh, some research while we were. Uh, chatting on Facebook, Matt was opposed to what you was on the opposite he, viewpoint. He of you was, guys. he was, you know, look, uh, pedophilia jokes—they're really terrible, and this is awful, and I don't know if you can forgive that. And he posted a video, and he said, "I heard he posted a video." And as we were talking, he looked into it, and he's like, "Okay, it looks like it—it—it's it, a dead link now. It might have been a dead link at the time, and he was just going off the head. I don't know, maybe." You know, and he sort of came around. And I actually went through some articles. I found the video. Yep. It's a fucking children's choir singing a song. Period. The Divinals, I Touch Myself. Yes. And there's no nudity. Nope. There's no lewdness. It's a production value concert. And what uh, Cernovich did was he blacked all that out, what the, uh, c- c- what the link was, so that it looked like it was worse than what it actually right. was. So, yeah. And the there whole was a children's he, choir he, singing the Divinals, I Touch Myself? Yep. They, How did they, that happen? They actually, there's actually an album. Cause they sing, it's, like, it's like Kids Bop. They, they, cover, they cover a whole yeah. host of songs. Do they alter the lyrics like they do in Kids Bop? Or do they? I don't know. I didn't watch the video. Okay. Yeah, I watched part of it. I don't know, but... It um it it was it was totally it, I was stunned at the sheer bullshit of it 
and I was really angry at people who are telling me he posted C- because first of all, you stupid fucks. Yeah, I, I, he was not big then, but he still had quite a few followers, and a man, a woman, anybody who puts up a link, even on Twitter, linking to child porn, is going to get arrested. Yeah. And nothing happened because there was no friggin' child porn. And I, I, people are just like, oh, he posted child porn. He didn't. And that really began to torque me and get me fucking pissed. And the thousands, uh, somebody who was writing about it, I can't find any numbers. One person said it all boils down to there were 16 darkly inappropriate jokes that he told over like a fucking four-year span. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah they, were, they were inappropriate, but it was like 16. And I'm hearing thousands of this like the man was just a fucking machine gun of, of depravity. And it, I, I was just like, you know, and I even, even people... I, I won't mention names, but even people I trust to actually have a clear head about these things were fucking buying it. and Because that's why Cernovich and those bastards are using pedophilia. Because that's... That it's is a, a hot a, button a, issue. It's hard it for is, people to not be is, emotional it about it. It is going to get people to not think in an instant. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the brush they want to paint Hollywood liberals, quote-unquote, oh, yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Well, but... Uh, uh, we have a friend who, you know, sits there and, and shakes his head. Hollywood's disgusting. It's just like, you know, Jesus. But this, I just was pissed. The yeah, more can, I researched, the more pissed I got. It's because, a fake hit job by people that don't believe what they're even saying. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And the other weird thing is I'm hearing all sorts of nasty shit about Cernovich. He... He does oh, yeah. rape jokes and shit like oh, that. Oh yeah, you can see and, his, his and on his feet like, too. Can you dredge? Can can somebody fucking dredge that shit up and put it out there, please? Are we oh, trying to get him to direct Guardians it, of the Galaxy? It has been, it has been put out there. But the same people, but the people that listen that are, to Cernovich yeah. don't care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they don't care. It's it's not about moral outrage for the person that they're listening to. It's about moral outrage for the people that he's targeting. So it's it's very it's very hypocritic. And I just, I can't... It, it's more than that. They know what they're doing. They're, they are weaponizing the zero-tolerance outrage left. The ones that are like, this is a wall, you will not cross it, and we will take you down if you dare utter anything that has to do with topic A, B, C, D, or E. And if you say it, no matter what, in jest, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we, we will forever pillory you for it. And those yeah. people are fucking idiots. Mm. Because what that says is you are not allowed to grow as a person. Yeah. As, as a lefty, if you have said this at all, you are forever that bad person. And you cannot grow, and you might, you might as well be shot and put in the trenches right now. So you have this in the news you don't give a shit about section? Yeah, because okay. that's where the shitty news goes. Okay. Oh, this, this, so it's not, that's not literal. I've said it how many times? <laughs> <laughs> I, I... Well, because, yeah. I mean, they even targeted Dan Harmon. Oh, I know. Today. I know. I know. It just came out today. You, they targeted. I read, yeah, they're, I read. they're targeting, and that's what they're doing. They're targeting people that are critical of Trump because yeah. they know they can weaponize the left, the, the loony left. Yeah. That, and that, that and have this no tolerance for this shows and the doesn't danger. know what a fucking joke is. Meanwhile, John Snyder is complaining that he's being abused because he's a Republican. 
You know, the, you, I've, I've heard so much, and this is so true, cosplay is not consent. Yeah. All right? It is not consent to take a picture, not consent to touch. It is not consent. Ask. All right? Also, I'll, I'll put an addendum to that. Humor is not consent. If you joke about something, that does not mean you agree with that thing all out. If you have a pedophilia joke, whether it's good, bad, doesn't matter. If you have that joke, that doesn't mean you agree with the act or have acted upon that in the past. It is a fucking joke. Humor is not consent of the subject you are humoring about. And, yeah, I mean, it's tough, too, because, like, when you're a comedian, like, Dan Harmon got to start in comedy. Thank you. So Everybody. he did a, a tasteless comedy skit. That's really what it came down to. Wasn't it like a, a, a It was a spoof pilot? of the TV show Dexter. Yes, exactly. But it was a pilot, and I think. No, it was it was part of a like a comedy festival oh, okay. thing. And uh, no, it, was, like, it was a pilot for a show like it's called like Comedy One O One or something yeah. like that. Okay, yeah. So he was acting in a professional comedian manner. Yeah, it might have not been Guys are also angry and upset about this using the wrong form of words. It's really funny. You go back and listen, you're going to hear yourself, and you're like, "It's yeah, I'm 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 pissed off about it too." But I'm just I'm much calmer about shit these days. Oh no, but I just I'm what I'm saying is like if you're a comedian and you're performing a comedy act, just like Todd said, you may not personally agree with the material that you're delivering, but you're attempting to, you know, elicit humor or, or laughter rather from your audience so whether and in these cases whether it hits or not humor. no yeah exactly it, it, a lot of the times the humor comes from trying to shock too so or, well, and that's exactly. or thinking, or, and that or, goes or back to exactly. and that goes back to james gunn's origin the shock humor is what he got his start in did he know any better at that point in his life absolutely not does he know better now absolutely has he tried to make significant changes in his life and grow as a person? Absolutely. Oh. The fact that he's being demonized over something currently that he's not that same person anymore is ridiculous. That's a really Here's to your point. To. Do you like gladiator movies, movies Timmy? <laughs> Fine point. I mean, movies about gladiators. Everyone laughed at that. It's creepy as hell, but yeah. clearly it's a It's a, a joke. pedophilia joke. Have, Have you, you ever seen, ever a, grown seen a grown man naked? Uh, yeah. That's one of the lines. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. in that movie. Yeah. To a yep. kid. And it, it, oh, God damn it. It just, you know, I mean, it's nice that you're laid back about it, Andy. I am. But. Because I'd have a heart attack otherwise. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, I mean, you right now. And his attitude You're the one right. in this group that stands to lose on, on this kind of public execution. I I don't see Todd or Jeff getting fired from their jobs with that. I still want to try to do something in film mm-hmm. and in writing, and it could definitely be used against me. And you, you, you're full time artist. Your mm-hmm. whole thing is because it all boils down to personal reputation. Right. That's one of the things that's getting to me is that. This actually could pertain to us someday. Mm. And tastes and things that are funny and aren't change over time. Oh, yeah. That's, like you said, the whole grown man naked thing. That was hilarious back in the early 80s. It was. I mentioned it before. There's a movie. There's two movies called If You Don't Stop, You'll Go Blind. And Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses that are basically a string of dirty jokes. 
in retrospect, thinking about them, a lot of them are rape jokes. Which you, was hilarious in the seventies, apparently. And there, what was those, the book of dirty jokes that we had back in high school? Oh, yeah. truly, truly tasteless, tasteless jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, oh, I love those. Who remembers dead baby jokes? Oh yeah, uh-huh. yep, absolutely. The Ta- aristocrats tastes and things change, mm-hmm. and you cannot litigate past to modern standards. It's one of the reasons why I can read Lovecraft, even though I knew that he was a shitty human being. Because I can't litigate his mind to today's standards. Now, someone like Orson Scott Card, who is saying things in modern day that I disagree with, yeah, I can make judgments on that. If it's something he said yesterday, then yes, I can make a judgment about that today. But if it's something that he said 20 years ago and it has changed his mind and evolved since, I can't, I'm not going to litigate that. But mm-hmm. that's a lot of what's happening here is litigating a modern standard to something that happened a 10 years ago. Yeah. And a lot can happen in 10 years ago. We are not the same people we are today that we were 10 years ago. Even if you think you are, you're not. So, so it's almost yeah. like the the thing in court, you know, prior bad acts, you know, at at you know, once the statute of limitations is expired, you cannot bring up prior bad acts. Oh god. <laughs> it, it it reminds me of the forums but where they, I've seen right. uh, leftist people explode over statute of limitations, mm-hmm. and there are so many people that want them wiped away. And it's like, why don't we all sit here and have a discussion as to why there were statute of limitations in the first place, and and discuss the the nature of of time transition, all that stuff? Because and and time <clears throat> time on memory, yeah. Yeah. I just, oh, Jesus. That, that's one of the complicating things about the Internet because Internet is forever. Yeah. So all of a sudden, human memory has changed. Yeah. It's it's like now you can go 25 years in the future and we all, we most of the time, or, you know, if it's videotaped or something, we have all the facts. And even then, shit can still be twisted. I mean, I just, I was really appalled. I was really appalled at, at, at some of my friends because it was just, um, oh, and by the way, I'll say it again. I'm not crawling up Matt's ass here because Mm-mm. he had a reasonable discussion with Jeff Harris and I, and he turned around and he actually looked into things. But watching Matt do that and then watching all my other friends just go with it, that was disgusting to me. So I don't know what's going on yeah. with this forward. I will say that he has a lot of support from his guardian, guardi- Guardians of the Galaxy shits. family. Yeah, Batista is fantastic. I do want to read uh, one particular piece that uh, was put out by Bobcat Goldwaite. I don't know if you've read this or not, but if you haven't heard it, this is, I think, one of the better uh, reactions written out. This is Bobcat's uh, Facebook. He says, I love James Gunn. He's a loyal friend, super talented, passionate, and kind. I wanted to say something. Here it is. Dear Disney, I would hate for you to come off as hypocritical, so I'm suggesting that you remove my voice from an attraction that's coming to your park. It's called World of Color, Villainous. And I reprise the role of Pain, a a role I played in Hercules. You see, here's the deal. Years ago, I made a lot of sarcastically shocking and offensive jokes. Many that I'm embarrassed about now. And I'd hate to make you guys look bad seeing that I'm openly critical of the president and his administration. 
and you seem to be taking your lead from some of his radical fringe supporters. I think James Woods may have recorded a voice for this new attraction, too. Why not check out some of his wacky past tweets? They're a hoot. For the record, I do stand with survivors of sexual abuse. I was wondering if you guys are still making money off that movie Powder. Asking for a friend. Thanks. Bobcat. Huh. I think that's a wonderful, succinct mm-hmm. piece. That's, that, that tops the Song of the South tweet, mm. which yeah. still, I, I just read that and I went, boom. Wow. If any of you out there get, get the uh, reaction that, yeah, but you, what do you know about pedophilia? What, how, how, you, how can you even react against pedophilia? I was molested as a kid. Just, just putting it out there. And I'm not bothered by pedophilia humor, even though I was a victim of the goddamn thing. So maybe you are, maybe you aren't. And of course, your odd mileage may vary, but a joke is not the act. And I can mm. separate the two. And I ask you to do it the same. Now, we need a trigger warning on this one, man. It's all heavy in the beginning. Yeah, bring it on. What bring other nerdy on. things did you guys do? I read book. <laughs> well, I remember when, uh, when I first became a regular, I asked you about trigger warnings. And mm-hmm. you, guys, you guys had... Uh, I don't even remember this. Consciously opted not to go with that. Sure. Just, just state that it's uh, adult content and there you go. It's explicit. Yeah. It's in the tag. You get what you get. This is in the zeitgeist. It's huge in the nerd sphere. It is, it's, it's part of Marvel. It's part of Disney. It's part of social media. And, and I know that some of the fans hate it when we talk political, but unfortunately, this is a place where they cross. Mm. Yeah. And some bad actors made some bad shit happen to a good person. I and, think Batista's and, doing pretty good. I think he's getting better. It's that joke he told 12 years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. You know... Andy, if pillowing humor ever becomes a social <laughs> pariah it. thing, yeah. you're really in trouble. They call me the cooler, baby. Even, See, I thought you were going to say if it becomes an Olympic actually, sport. I, that no, I'm talking about hates people ba- excoriating him for his pillow humor. I know somebody who hates Batista because she says he's he is that guy. He is the character he plays in that. that that's really not acting. That He really is kind of a that character. That's and, and that's a reason to hate him? Yeah, he's not very empathetic is what she's saying. I don't know. His tweets came up pretty empathetic that this was, week. That was yeah. weird. What's her experience with him? I mean, if you can be vague enough. Um, I can't be vague enough, but I'll talk to you about it afterwards. All but right. uh, a professional. She worked with him. She met him professionally. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy him. But I, I, I do every now and then I watch him like, oh, yeah, that person I know hates him. I don't <laughs> think I'm fine enough. He seems okay. <laughs> I hear that kind of stuff about actors the my entire career i've waited on a lot of actors over the years i've heard so many negative stories about this actor that actor the majority of my personal interactions with them have been very positive i have yet to have the quote-unquote diva actor that is just terrible mean disgusting that you just were like wow i hate this person now yeah. I've never had that personal experience. And even if that happens, so know, everyone's fighting their own I, little yeah, personal Yeah, I was going to say, absolutely. And I, I understand that it's all relative. Um, I know Shatner got laid into pretty heavy this weekend. Did over, he? Over, uh, yeah, on Twitter uh, over his, his no autograph policy. Oh, yeah, I and saw that. And I kind of agree with Shatner's stance on this. And not from from him trying to be mean but i get it because i have 
been around the man before and I've seen the crowds that are drawn. So him saying that he's not going to sign autographs in public, if he's in public, he's usually there with his family or, you know, doing something. That's why he goes to conventions to meet people and sign autographs, you know, keeping the two separate. If he signs an autograph for one person in public, yes, 50 people are going to show up because literally that is what happens. And there are several actors that do that. When they're in public, it's that's their time. They're not in a professional setting. So yeah, I understand it. So, but but fans were laying into him heavy over the weekend about this. And I I think he, you know, defended himself as best he could, but I think yep. it comes down to ultimately. Yeah. Fans are owed no more than what they saw on the screen. Yeah, right. And if you ask any more from your actor, writer, director of choice, yeah. then the entertainment you already received, if you get it, you're very lucky. Enjoy your lucky stars. You, yeah. But if you don't get it, you're not owed it. Yeah, exactly. I'll still sign shit. Andy. <laughs> and Andy owes it. Andy owes it to you. Yeah. Every single one of you. No. Anything else before we finish this topic? Yeah. Well, on this topic or in this on this topic? Geeky? Okay, yeah. I'm ready to move on for this. I'm good. All right. It's making me uncomfortable. And it's not funny. I need some funny. Uh, Why? Well, that's, that's okay. I, de- I like deep discussions. Do you know what show you're on? on? I know. I know. Because we're rarely funny, Andy. Oh, no. <laughs> You've been funny three or four times. I know it. Yeah. Over uh, three or four times over 400 plus episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw Ant Man and the Wasp. I enjoyed oh, finally it. I, saw that? I agreed with I agreed with what you guys said. Why? Oh, because you you did the yeah. hear the spoilery talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I in fact I I enjoy it now more having heard you guys talk about them when I saw it. when I saw it in the theater. It's like yeah, that was okay, that was fine. And hearing you guys talk about oh yeah, that's what that would he was doing. Yeah, that need, that need to be there. That was good. Um, I saw it with my dad. Uh, he I didn't realize until a few minutes before the movie started that he had not seen the first movie, <laughs> and he had not seen. Um, uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. War. Oh, Infinity oh, War. Oh, so that meant nothing. <laughs> well, I filled him in on the the the, the Infinity be- War, and I tried to do what I could with the with the the first movie. But honestly, the wrap of the the beginning stuff they really did cover. He he had no problem at all following what's going on because they did that little tiny bit of went out and you know, they did a little summing up in the beginning. Yeah, bringing you up to date since Civil yeah. War. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he, he had didn't he? I, I, yeah, he hadn't seen Civil War either, so he's seen a bunch of the Marvel movies. But I guess he's just a bunch of me he's missed now. Um, but yeah, we we enjoyed it. We saw that, and we saw um, uh, Ocean's Eight, which I really enjoyed. I liked it a lot too. Yeah, in fact, uh, I was up to a certain point that I won't spoil it in case people want to see it. I was just thinking the movie was okay, but then when the twist occurs, I was like. This movie just became awesome. I kind of saw that twist coming ahead of you, which is weird. Usually yeah. you see it ahead of me. I usually do, which uh-huh. was, I, I was completely surprised by it. Well, hey. Yeah. Good on you, eight. Now I, like I am going to watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was very happy with that. Uh, you know, I guess you'd call it a soft reboot because, uh, ah, you know, they, it's it's connected to the other and there's some cameos yep. from the, you know. The, I thought... But we're probably, yeah, we're probably pretty early for spoiler to get. I thought one of the cameos was a bit of a cheat. I thought he did a bit much for 
it, it, I, I would have preferred it was all the girls. The one at the, the beginning? Year. No, the second one. Oh, the second cameo. I thought, yeah. I th- <laughs> You're doing a really good job of keeping this cryptic, guys. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I, thought, I thought that was, I, I, I okay. thought that sort of, I, I would have preferred it was all the girls doing work. Right. The girls, yeah. the women. No, I, I yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it was good. That was, that was, it was, it was, that was enjoyable. Um, I went to Mark Twain's house. Yeah. That was nifty. Nice. For yeah. dinner? Uh no, there was nowhere to eat. Did he there. invite you? No, he's dead. Oh, sorry. What was the, What's is there any specific reason for the no pictures inside? It's a museum. It's, it's a lot of museums only take pictures inside. Like no you, pictures at all, or like no flash photography. No pictures flash at all. Hurts things no sometimes. pictures at all. Yeah, because I, I. It's funny because when I saw your post on that, I, I was noticing that a lot of the museums I've been to over the past, like say five years specifically. Mm-hmm. Have reversed their no pictures policy, so take a know. picture of everything. Yeah. Well, Get yeah, that on social media. Advertise. That's like yeah, and Ka. Yeah, and Ka like, was wrestling with yeah. that. It's Connecticut. They're they, a little. They go back and forth between allowing people to take pictures or not because marketing is coming to understand that social media is incredibly important. Yeah. Right. And there are no, and I I will say the last museum I went to, there were a couple of signs that say. You know, photography is allowed except for in this specific area or mm-hmm. this specific thing, and you're not allowed to take a picture no. of it. So, I but really, yeah. I really, if, if it had been allowed, I, I definitely would have taken a picture in the billiard room, which was cool. Oh, nice! Uh, the billiard room was on the third floor. He had a writing room on the second floor, uh, but it was right across from his daughter's room, and he never got any work done because the daughters would come over and he'd start telling them stories and playing with them and stuff. <laughs> so he moved up to the third floor where the billiards are, and he had a big, huge writing desk, but the writing desk faced the billiard table. Ah. So he did most of his writing off in a corner facing the wall <laughs> on a little card table kind of thing. Man, imagine if he had yeah. PlayStation. And uh, he had a uh, um, butler, manservant guy. Um, uh, who Was his name Hecubus? What was his name? It's like Bill or something. It's a black guy. Um, Never mind. Yes, not Hecubus. But um, <laughs> when people, he was trying to write, and people, and people come to visit, right? And a lot of times he would say, um, um, "Hang on a second. He'd walk out from the billiard room to the porch on the third floor. There was like a little outdoor porch out there, and he'd step out there. He goes, okay, you can tell him now. And then the guy would go down. and Goes. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Twain has stepped out. Oh wow! Yeah, so and because because the wife was like, you can't lie to them. Like, I didn't lie. I told he told him I didn't make. He goes, you can't make him lie for you. I didn't make him lie. I he told them I stepped out. I stepped out. Yeah. What a jerk! Yeah. Oh, he says once he wants to get some writing done. He wants to see him. You know? Yeah. People, the writers not owed anything beyond the book you read. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. People <laughs> give money. It's amazing. I I forgot the general context but uh an employer friend of mine was uh, asking me to do something i forget exactly what and uh oh it uh, uh was rooming and he asked me uh, you know he just came up and said we need to pay a bill tomorrow and i'm like why didn't you tell me and he's like well i'm telling you now and i'm like dude i don't have any money to pay that bill and he went, what happened to the $600 I gave you yesterday? And I was like, you didn't give me anything. You paid me <laughs> for work that I did, 
And I came into this with you knowing that I had debts to pay off. And so one check a month goes right out the fucking window as soon as I get it. And it was really funny because that was his attitude. I, I gave you $600. I worked and earned it. And it was... It, it, people pay money for something and they'll get the service, they'll get the product, they'll get whatever, but then they start scaling up all that that money should buy them. It's mm. very bizarre. Well, I'm still, you know, it's... it's uh, interesting struggle. I tell you, it definitely, it's definitely playing. It's playing on the the veteran level here. I mean, driving on to San Diego, I knew there was money to be made, but I didn't have a lot of money in my account, so I actually paid for two days of the hotel, hoping I could find something for the third day and hope that money would show up. Oh wow! And uh, I pulled it off, but I was it, was, say, it was yeah. yeah that could and then I was like, also, I had, I have. That was high risk because that could have been a net loss right out the door. Um, I had, I knew there was money coming in from one place. It should have gotten there by then, and it did. Um, but also, um, Andy's got fingers in right. every pie. I, I got a lot of, I got, I got a things in gross. motion. A lot of fingers in a lot of pies. Uh, Double gross. Well, you know. <laughs> um, I have. I replaced one tire a couple weeks ago. <laughs> All right. I've got three tires that are like, eh. so I'm driving down and going, I hope a tire doesn't blow out because this would be tough. Oh, my God. Suddenly, you can't turn. You can't turn, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. God, my old car. Jesus, that yeah. was such a nightmare. It's like, I got to save up $500 because mm-hmm. that axle needs to be replaced. Mm. <laughs> there go my brakes. Right. And it's like, motherfucker. Yeah, well, Middle stop of the using summer. Using goddamn monkey paw on me, damn it. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. It's just, it's, ugh. I got my sexy sax man gear. Yeah, I see that. I got oh, my. Yeah. I'm wearing my shirt, my Tim Capello shirt. It's him from uh, I Lost I, Boys. I thought sexy sax man, you should be shirtless. Not me, him. Oh, get the tattoo. You don't want to see him shirtless. Trust me on this. I should get the tattoo. Mm. But yeah, I've got the Blood on the Reed CD to mm. sign to Master Torgo How up on the it? shelf now. Sign to Master Torgo. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, okay. It's just on display. I have the best flipping uh, flipping. Burger, uh, breakfast uh, tattoo by a shirt here. Rather. Tattoo? The shirt. It's a tattoo underneath, but I can show you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Best flipping breakfast in New England, Miss Wakefield Diner. Yeah. It's a moose flipping an egg. Yeah. I have to admit, it's a pretty good shirt. And it's, he's on the sign, the actual sign, he's much more bulbinkly. This, this, oh. this, this, I think, because they have the shirts going out, they have to be uh, a little yes. more uh, generic. But the sign is like, oh, that's a badly drawn bulbinkle. Very squirrel. Yes, exactly. There is moose, there is squirrel. That shirt may be better than mine, but not by much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went to, I, I, you know, I left here, uh, I flew out Tuesday, no, was it Tuesday night? Wednesday morning. I flew out Wednesday morning after doing the show last time. Okay. Went to New England. Okay. Uh, went to the turnout, went to uh, ah, Jersey yes. to the turnout. Uh, I managed to hit. Who? Eight states. Oh. In seven days, and then I went to California to add one more state onto it. So yeah, Jesus, that yeah. was a hell of a whirlwind. I, I, I was I was sitting I was on sitting in the Atlantic Ocean, and then three days later, I was in the Pacific Ocean. This dude don't stop. I'm telling you, it's been an exciting couple of weeks. I'm sorry I missed the show last week, but man, I've been busy. I, I think you have a good excuse. Yeah. yeah, I did not make it to Six Flags. I meant to get there, but they're tearing down my roller coaster. They're tearing down the Cyclone. Yeah, are I they? I think either they're tearing it down or they're rebuilding it metal. 
I couldn't. I couldn't tell because it metal. It's going to be all black. Oh, with so right. totally metal. metal. Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't tell if I was seeing superstructure underneath the wood, or if they're replacing the wood with metal, or if they were tearing it down. It's hard to tell from the street, but a metal I got. I got to look into it. Designed so, like so a wood. The end of the story is they're working on a coaster, or tearing it down. But it's a beautiful <laughs> coaster that, that was being torn. Down. I mean. It was a piece of art as a wooden coaster. I've got to find it. I've got photos I took after hours one night when I worked there as a ride operator with the lights on it and, the, and, the, and the, there's a little bit of, uh, of fog rolling in and the, oh. Oh, it's amazing. Somewhere, I, in my, somewhere in my actual hard copy photos, I have that shot. Anything else you do this week, guys? Now that we're an hour <laughs> in the show? Right. Uh not my fault. He got all I'm, head up about. Well, well, we kind of entered the middle of the show early, right. so I'm, I'm. It's all over the place. Exhausted. Yeah, it's He's been an exhausting spent. week. Well, you know what? I'm. God damn it! Because you get so fucking pissed. You do. But then you turn around and you're like, God, I'm sick of getting pissed. Yeah, it's exhausting. But I, I tell you right now, this week I have blocked more people from the right and the left on Twitter than any week prior. Yeah. Because I just don't want to read the bullshit in the feed anymore. So I, I don't, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm I don't really use most of that stuff. I just don't go on maybe once, twice a week, get caught up with any notifications that I have to read, and then I'm gone. Yeah. Well, and, that's why, and, and that's why I haven't accepted any new friend requests in forever, too. Oh, that like, explains it. Yeah. I was starting to take that personal. Yeah. I breezed it over with the turnout, by the way. Uh, I told a curse, and several people asked about you guys on there. Several people are like, very excited. To, you know. What's up, cheering out people? Yeah. Hi. Yeah. So Crossover. You, you are loved. It's, it's good. Not to you so much. You're loved, no, you you're loved, loved back. I haven't blocked any of you monkeys. I can tell oh, you Oh, no, right I now. know everybody hates me. No. <laughs> that's, part of, that's part of my, my allure. Is everybody the, hates Jeff. PR for when, I was, when I was in the podcast days, everybody hated me. <laughs> so instead of 80s Jeff, you're Haiti Jeff? Hades Haiti Jeff. Jeff. Hades Jeff. Hades Jeff. Can I spell that with the... the <laughs> with sure. Eight. With an eight. H-A-D-E-S Jeff? Hades Jeff? Oh, sure. No, H-8. Hades. Just H-8. Eight zero apostrophe s. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. I like H eight E E Z. Hades. That's very. That's very. The eighties Jeff PR firm. We eight, know you hate us, and we re- and we accept name. that. It, it's eighties transition and nineties. Yeah, very much. <laughs> we know you hate us because that was our first campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you do this week? We of accept and not. embrace your hate. <laughs> I got shit to move on to. What? We're going to continue. News you don't give a shit about. Yay! Wow, that was great. Thank you. I've been saving that one up. Oh, thank you. See, I oh, thought you were going to say, that, we moving on up. That was Flemmy. <laughs> oh, he was my favorite guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> he was my favorite dwarf. <laughs> well, now I want a dwarf. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Disney dwarf dressed like Lemmy playing guitar. <laughs> oh my god! I, it's off the work. Me. <laughs> the eighth dwarf that got left in the uh, no in the mine. <laughs> Fuck that! He's touring. You say you're going mining. I tell you, I'm your dwarf. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't give a shit about. Oh, this one's. Oh, you're gonna love this, guys. You're going to love it. Walmart reportedly is thinking about throwing its cap into the digital streaming fray. Oh, God. It's not. 
What? I'm sorry. What? It's not known. Nobody can hear you, Kirsten. Whether Walmart would seek to cultivate original in-house content to entice new subscribers or whether it would rely solely on licensing agreements to align only existing film and TV shows for the platform. One motivating factor behind the possible move could be Walmart's perceived value as brand-loyal customers who identify with the chain's working-class reputation. How do you, <laughs> how do you stream cheap jeans? <laughs> Brands like Amazon and Netflix, the report suggests, quote, are seen as more popular with people on the east and west coasts of the U.S., unquote, uh, leaving a gap in the middle America that Walmart, at least in theory, could attempt to fill. The report pegs Walmart's potential monthly service fee at $8. As of now, Walmart already sells per-purchase digital entertainment through its Voodoo brand, V-U-D-U, uh, Voodoo recently acquired Movies on Us, which operates a free ad-based model, according to Variety. The report indicates Walmart is weighing whether to move forward with the idea, but if it does, it could enter the market at a price that undercuts all the major players, even as more and more content providers like DC and Disney prepare to roll out their own platform. So, gentlemen, so... hypothetical Walmart streaming service for $8 a month so what content are they going to so offer? So instead of Redbox, it's Red State Seaming Streaming? <laughs> what? Of course. Uh, that's, that's the question. Are they going to cultivate in-house stuff? Or what licensings are they going to attempt It's going to be get? nothing but remakes of 8 is Enough and Adam 12. Well, it, it, it's <laughs> just... What about Emergency? No, too controversial. <laughs> it's going to be nothing but Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. There you go. I, yeah, because to undercut, you have... You would have to actually have something that people are interested in. Yeah, <laughs> and and ev- since it's balkanizing and everybody's putting their sh- they're making their own streaming service, what the fuck is Walmart gonna have? It probably is gonna be original content of the <sighs> Hallmark Channel variety, flyover kind. <laughs> mm. The Lawrence Welk Show, twenty four seven. My dad would have bought that streaming yeah. service. Hello, everybody. That and uh, Beatus Springs wonderful. Opry. You think they'll put all of Kirk Cameron's current run of B-movies no, on there, too? Even, even they hate them. <laughs> 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 and my first guest is Flemmy. <laughs> <laughs> the Ace of Dwarves. Uh, the, <laughs> the Ace of Dwarves. <laughs> Ace of Dwarves. Weekend King! Yay! Oh, man. Well, the gun was the long one, so it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> five I heard that about him. Five, five, <laughs> years, five years after its cancellation. <laughs> what? In, in the wake of Disney's purchase well, of Lucas, it looks long with those tiny little hands. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Wow. Yeah. I. I <laughs> <laughs> We've grown as people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clearly <shit>. not. <laughs> G-R-O-A-N. I seriously made that joke. <laughs> God. Five years after its cancellation in the wake of Disney's purchase of Lucasfilm, Star Wars The Clone Wars is coming back. The surprise announcement came at the end of the beloved series' 10th anniversary panel Thursday during San Diego Comic-Con. Are you sure this isn't news you don't give a shit about? When director Dave Filoni unveiled a new clip teasing the series' return. Ah, Filoni. Disney's still unnamed direct-to-consumer streaming service will carry it. 
Uh, the Clone Wars ran for five critically acclaimed seasons at Cartoon Network from 2008 to 2013, creating a complex web of storytelling woven between its prequel films and since carried on everything from Star Wars Rebels to Solo, a Star Wars story. In March 2013, Disney canceled the series, and the remaining season six episodes were shuffled over to Netflix in the spring of 2014. Disney's pursuit of Star Wars animation has continued in the form of Rebels and the upcoming Resistance series. The revised series does not yet have a release date, but we do know that 12 episodes have been announced. Wait, did you hear the Clone Wars is on Netflix? It is. I think it's still currently on Netflix. Yes. Uh, I This new season of Clone Wars will not be on Netflix, right. at least not according to this report. All right, it's well. going to be... Disney streaming service. Guess I better catch up on that. Better hurry. Yeah. Actually, you know what? What I've watched of Clone Wars is pretty good. That's what I hear. It, it's kind of it's got that same at, at this point I call it Buffyitis because it's the best example of it that I know that the first season is really not that great. Okay. But you need that to build off to the really good second season on. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll give it another shot then cuz cuz that yeah. first season of Buffy's terrible. With with, with with some little it's, with some sprinklings of shiny rhinestones. It's not terrible, but it's it could be better. It could definitely be better. It yeah. was terrible. Because my my nephew like loved the Clone Wars. A lot of people and he was do. always asking me about it, and I'm like, I haven't watched it yet. I still haven't finished. I think I'm in the third season. So because you know me, I see something shiny. At San Diego Comic Con, the cast and crew held a panel on. The Last Sharknado, It's About Time. Wow. The sixth and final in the Sharknado film franchise. But Sharknado will live on with a live stage show. Oh, okay. No details were offered at the panel other than it is expected to premiere at a resort casino in 2019 and will be a sensory overload. The official announcement is expected later this year. Sharknado is a tongue-in-cheek franchise that launched in 2013 and wrought tornadoes that swept sharks out of the ocean and into twisters, causing flying, pissed-off sharks to attack people. Uh, Tara Reid and Ian Ziering, star as the Sharknado in the Sharknado franchise, will return for the final film. The last one will be on Sci-Fi on August 19th. So, Resort Casino, please let it be here. Oh, they Please already, let it be here in Las Vegas. Four was already in Vegas. I was at the premiere for it. Sorry? I was at the premiere for Sharknado 4. But I mean Sharknado Live, the stage show. Oh. Um, Possibly. It seems more likely that it's something they would do. In Prim? (laughs) No. No, David Sachs Productions. Fox Fox was in Connecticut. Yeah, that seems more like what it would be. Yeah. (sighs) All right, some more news came out of con. DC Animation will take on the famous Batman story, Hush. In 2019, Hmm. begun in 2002 by Jeff Loeb, the Hush storyline began in issue 608 of Batman and went on for 12 parts. A good amount of the Dark Knight's extensive gallery of rogues appeared, and there were hints that Jason Todd may have survived his crowbar beatdown, and the Bat's relationship with Selina Kyle, Catwoman, was put at the forefront. A child version of Hush has appeared in Gotham, the TV show, and he has shown up in video games, but this will be the first time that Hush has appeared in a DC Universe movie. Coming to DC digital streaming service near you. Not near me. Not nowhere near you? Nope. 
A little sad, <laughs> little sad note from this week. Uh, Writer-director John Shep, uh, sorry, Schnepp, was best known for his work on Adult Swim cartoons like Metalocalypse and The Venture Brothers. He died on Thursday at the age of 51. Schnepp got his start on animated shows. 51? Yeah, he was not, yeah. not old. Oh, man. <laughs> He's got his start on animated, hitting a little close to home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You got to start on animated shows including Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Kablam, and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, directing, editing, and doing background art for the shows. He directed or co-directed over a dozen episodes of The Venture Brothers and was an integral part of Metalocalypse. A co-producer on all 62 episodes of the series, Schnepp was also responsible for designing the characters, directing about half the episodes, and editing most of the episodes. He was even provided the voice of Dr. Gibbets, the foremost expert on death, death, lock, uh, death Clock member Murderface. Schnepp has worked outside of animation as well. He wrote and directed a segment of 2012's horror anthology, The ABCs of Death, called W is for What the Fuck. And he wrote and directed and produced The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, the acclaimed documentary that investigates the downfall of Tim Burton's Superman film. That's a great documentary, too. I still got to see that. He was just here at Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con too. Was he? He was at the uh, the Collider booth, and I didn't realize who it was at the time because I saw copies of Death of Superman Lives What Happened that were being signed. Oh yeah, I did see and that. And I'm like, I walked by like one time. I don't know why I only walked by that particular booth one time when, when I was going up and down the aisles, but uh, I it didn't it dawn on me. I was going to pick that up. Yeah, it didn't It didn't dawn on me who it was and why that was at the Collider booth until I'd already left the con, and I was like, oh, that's who that was, and that's why the movie was sitting there. So, yeah, that's, that's sad. Uh, you know. I know there weren't any further details of what you know, cause of death was, but... It yeah. was a stroke. Oh, it was a stroke? Okay, because yeah. the last article I read, they... It ended up being a very sad story about that stroke, too. Oof. Life support and taking them off and that sort of thing. Yeah. And horrible family decisions. Right. That's terrible. Now, we were expecting... You know, we've been talking about the DC Universe streaming service mm-hmm. for a while now, and we were yes. expecting Comic-Con... We're going to get some answers. We got some answers. Yeah. I didn't Fuck like, Batman. I don't, I don't like the name. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, okay. That's, a, that's yeah, an in-joke. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the name. You don't like the, the name? Um, for a while, we've been wondering how much the DC Universe... Thanks for bringing the funny, Andy. ...on the bad. Warner Brothers Digital Network would it's cost. Hard, man. I got a long way to dig out of thanks to you guys. You know, seriousness. Man. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like oh, yeah. I turned on a dime. Oh, yeah. This is all our fault. I, I love that he feels like it's his job to dig us out of this. I know. I know. It's his job to be funny. We're the ones making it tough. Yeah. I, I'm finding joy in the news. I don't I, I don't know about you quiet fucks, but I'm good. All right. The yearly fee of seventy four ninety nine plus tax if applicable in your state. Seventy four ninety nine for a whole year. For oh. a year or month. <laughs> That's still well. How much? I, is I that? started with the words yearly, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was thinking of his next joke. Oh, okay. No, I was actually just skip past it. Okay. <laughs> Carry on, carry, carry on, on, carry on, carry on. 
by the way, folks, uh, for the viewers out there, Andy is in hideous full man spread. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> He, 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 I now understand why there's controversy over uh, a zipper that goes all the way to the taint. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you got to get those pants back for when Matt gets back on the show. <laughs> is it the, is it that you just now realize that he does this every episode, or is no. it just very prominent in this episode? For some reason, khaki just makes it. It gives it a little punch. There, there's so much that sells it right now. It's not just the khaki pants. It's the red diner shirt from New England. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That really the adds little, the little pile of pits right in front of him. Yes. I took away the little pile of pits. They're gone. Oh. Did you eat the pile of pits? No. Put them in the trash oh, okay, can. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> or a goat. <laughs> well, 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 let's get independent verification on this. You live with him, Kirsten. Is he a monster and or a goat? Uh, he doesn't. Uh, well, he kind of eats like a we goat. We established this. I, I pay the rent on time, but yeah. I do weird shit. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this a is few true. things. And he goes, I pay the rent on time. All right, you win. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Jesus. Hold that I, over my head. I pay the you? rent on time, but there are currently 12 giant half eggs of paper mache in your backyard. Sorry. Uh, that, that's... <clears throat> Have, were That's they ruined by the rain that was here while you were gone? No, I was clever enough to no, put he, inside. He, oh, okay. Hey, Andy was very smart, actually, and he took care of that before he left because, boy, oh, boy. Well, that wind, too. Yeah. They would have been they would have been picked up and thrown across town. <laughs> a wooden box got blown into the backyard one day. A wooden wow. box? Like yeah, a wine box. Like a wine box, yeah. Oh, okay. And Kirsten assumed Still. I brought it there. I'm like, nope. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, it. it's one of Andy's fucking things. <laughs> nope. in the. I didn't bring it in. You didn't bring it in. And that boy, was the wind. Oh, boy, the motherfucking sun. It's only been a couple months, but the sun has destroyed that box. <laughs> oh, yeah? It's, re- the, 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 it's just falling apart. Oh, wow. Because the sun is just disintegrating it. Oh, it does the things in this town. Yeah. I'm replacing my blinds for the second time because the sun's melting the damn things. <laughs> Jesus. I, I'm Okay, so a gust of wind months ago blew a box into your backyard, and it's still there. That's what I'm getting from this story? Well, it was for, under the eggs. For a couple months, <laughs> I was like... Uh, Andy's box and Andy must. I'm like that every day. Andy's <laughs> box. And Andy was like, "Oh, Kirsten's got a wood box." And finally, we talked about it. And well, okay, Mr. Artist, you know, there he might be able to use. Yes, that box a lot for of something. artists keep wine boxes. That's true. I do know that. Okay. So, yeah, and, but now the sun's killing it, killing it dead. It's aging killing it, it softly with its rays. It's aging like a fine wine. <laughs> box. Or a monthly subscription fee of seven ninety nine a month. <laughs> seventy nine a month. <laughs> Users get live action series, past and present animated series, and a curated rotating selection of comics. DC Universe will be available through desktop computers, iOS and Android devices, including Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku, Android TV, and Google Chromecast. Some of the video content available at launch includes the classic Christopher Reeve Superman feature films, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman 77 TV series, Max Fleischer's Superman serials, Batman Ninja, 
The Dark Knight, and just confirmed early seasons of Batman the Brave and the Bold, Justice League the Animated Series, and Batman Beyond. Plus, the demo at Comic-Con includes uh, selections of Batman the Animated Series, Static Shock, DC Animated Original Films, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman episodes, Constantine, The Adventures of Superboy, and more. DC is hoping to stagger the release of its original programming so that there is one... People don't join for a month and then leave. Right. (laughs) So that there is one new episode of something each week. The attempted Jeff plan. Yes. Another question of... is what comics will be available, and it depends on what's trending, what is showing, and what is in current DC Comics conversation. For example, expect comics like Teen Titans, Aquaman, and their trinity of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman to always be around. Quote, we've remastered all the comics so you can watch them natively at 4K resolution, Jim Lee explained. We have the standard panel by panel, zoom in, and we also have autoplay, so if you have a party, hit that, and it can walk you through the comic for your next party. Okay. Why are the comics curated as opposed to... Even I wouldn't throw a party that nerdy. <laughs> Why are they curated as opposed to flooding the user with entire collections? Quote, we didn't want to throw a bunch of random comics and overwhelm the casual reader who are drawn by their TV shows and movies. We can bring in special talent who can introduce the work that's inspired them from our catalog. There are ways that we can make the comics just stuff to read. It's the stuff that inspired all the shows. And here's the creative process. So it's more of an in-depth, immersive look at the comics. We felt that's the way of approaching it so you don't get lost trying to navigate it. I like the idea of curating it. That sounds kind of cool. I'm kind of sold on DC Universe. I will probably be getting this, at least for a month or two. Mm-hmm. And then, here, here's how I see moving forward with digital streaming. Not having everything at once at all times. Having something for a little while, having something else for a little while, giving up the first one to get the second one. Budgeting basically the same amount of money, but changing where some of this comes in. I will probably always have Netflix. I will definitely ha- always have Amazon. The things that will switch around will be Hulu, DC, Shudder, the, the, these other outlets that have things that I want to see particular things from. And when I'm done with those things, I don't need to keep it around forever. That's and that's how the terrorists win. <laughs> no, that's, that's how the streaming services get some of my money. That's for mm. damn sure. Mm. Seems- so what's your thoughts on DC? Yeah. Now that we know just about everything about it, what's your thoughts about the DC streaming service? Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff there I don't really care to watch, but I'm, you know, I'm glad it's out there for some people, and I kind of, kind of, I'm, well, I'm repeating myself a lot. I'm Tommy two times. Um, I loved him in EFX. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see what the comics put they put up. I'd like to see what comics are available on that. That sounds interesting. Seems like the old Suicide Squads would be interesting to put some of those up and see how different they are from what they do with the movie. Yeah. Or even Not saying the that they will, but... Of, yeah. Current run of Suicide Squad. Chances are they'll do current run. Versus the old one is interesting. Oh, well. I'd I'd be interested in doing it, just based on what I've read so far. Or at least giving it a a couple months trial. You're not interested in Fuck Batman Robin? Sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the trailer for Titans? For the streaming service? No. All right. Apparently, the Titans 
formerly the Teen Titans, the live action show that they are filming just for the streaming service, is a mature audience title. And you that, want for a group of teen superheroes. Sure. Sure. And, and that was made abundantly clear when in the trailer, Robin says, fuck Batman. It's already become a meme. It's wonderful. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. So, so, yeah, check well, out that trailer. While, while yeah. you're power driving your car, stuff is happening in yeah. the nerd world. Yeah, well, you know, I, that's what woke me up this morning was my, uh, my, my calf cramping up from like my right cramp going, hey, guess what? You drove a car too long. <laughs> oh, I was going to say you steered oh, the car do, 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 with do, do, do you give a shit about? Is that what I just heard? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, he was going to go back. Oh. There is something that I do have to get to. Uh-oh. Because I've just got two goddamn many of them. Uh-oh. So we got to do some red light, green light, gentlemen. Woohoo! Blue light. I've got blue, blue light. Blue light, green light. We have... I want that blue light special. We have so many... Of these things. I like five pages of them. I only printed out two of them. I'll be glad just to get through a few of them. Okay. All right. We're an hour and a half in, so it's a good yeah. time to go forward, get some stuff before we do it, though. I'm retroactively greenlighting Project Blue Book. Are you? they gave me money. Because they gave you money? Yeah. And they seem very nice. Well, that that's... That's a cool crew. Big ups. Yeah. Big ups, I guess. Uh, the Geek Shock Book Club. We are still currently discussing Nine Princes in Amber. By Roger Delanzi, Zelazny, and we are now taking nominations for August's book. Now, August is a graphic novel month, so only graphic novel submissions will be accepted for nomination. So that's on the Facebook page for the Geek Shock Book Club. Uh, gonna do a little something different. Oh, Did you're you listening. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm waving the, the oh. papers around like <laughs> I'm like, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like I've had raising canes for it. today. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because this is normally this is what we do, where we give the I I'm the pitch man and these guys are the executive executive suits that are going to red light or green light this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to play now. Oh, so I am also an executive. Uh-huh. The pitches have been sent to me, gentlemen. Okay. So we got to get through these things and decide which ones we're going to agree with, which ones we're not going to agree with. This is the first one. This one's a, an old hat guy. Some guy goes by the name Joss Whedon. Okay. Uh, Joss Whedon's cult series Buffy the Vampire Slayer is getting rebooted with Buffy to be played by a young woman of color. Whedon will executive produce with Monica Awusu Breen, who is part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., riding the pilot and serving as showrunner for the new series developed by 20th Century Fox Television. Breen's new script features a black actress playing the role of Buffy, made famous by Sarah Michelle Gellar. The new version of Buffy will be contemporary and feature a diverse cast. Like the original series, it will use monsters and demons as metaphors for issues facing young people. Buffy the Vampire Slayer originally ran for seven seasons on the WB Network, later the UPN, from 1997 to 2003. The story later continued in comic book form once the series ended. Although the show has not yet found a network to call home, 20th Century Fox Television will pitch the new, more inclusive Buffy to streaming and cable outlets later this summer. Well, Sunnydale did have an awful lot of honkies. It did. Yeah. It was very honky ass. But there was a there was one black slayer at yes. least. 
Um, Kendra, if I believe. Yeah, her yeah name. I think you're right. Um, sure. You know, a new generation, a lot of, there's a lot of kids out there that have no grip on Buffy and let them have their Buffy. Maybe he'll get the first season right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. He's um, had a little practice. I would, pref- <laughs> I would have preferred to see him instead of a reboot. And maybe, maybe he, this is still part of it. Instead of actually rebooting it, they'll actually continue. It, but I was going to say, could be a soft reboot, as in, you know, it might reference the original series, but since it's set modern day, continue on. It's rough because when you pick up on something like that, especially that something that became such a cult hit. Yeah, if you if you do a continuation, because I I I I mean I know I understand people's frustration with reboots, but at the same time, there's a lot of shit in the. It behind it there's a lot of story yeah, yeah. And, and, and if you're doing like, a continuation you, you really got to keep up with that and there'll probably be expectations coming out of that and there's a lot you got to deal with it's one of the things that keep a lot of people from reading comic books is all the continuity from behind how much yes. of this stuff do i have to know right. to get the story going forward yeah yeah okay but um in many ways comics have actually, I've, I've actually hit the point of, you know what? Continuity really should not be a fucking sacred cow. Because um, I figured out, I mean, like, you know, I've mentioned this before. One of my favorite comics was Exiles, which was alternate reality versions of Heroes. And the DC Elsewheres, uh, Elseworlds that they did and stuff like that. I'm really interested in that kind of stuff. When I myself think of comic ideas, I think of alternative versions. I don't want to continue the story that, that, that's mainstream. And so when these Ruby reboots come along, you know, black Buffy girl, go for it. Because um, the other thing is uh, th- there used to be a sense of this is it now. If they do a reboot, if they change this, if it, this is it, you know, and, and you, it's permanently changed. And it's like, well, no, actually, it's temporarily changed. And it's going to get changed again. Just like Carl mentioned about uh, Morrison, you know, instantly getting wiped away. I think part of that can be like, oh, man, and you hate it. But part of it's like, eh, okay, now let's see who, what's his name's take. Wasn't it Whedon? Or did Grant Morrison come after Whedon? I can't remember, I'm, but anyway, you know, you you. I like to see this person's take on on that, uh, and wh- whatever Whedon has in mind. So yeah. maybe you do go with the reboot, or, yeah. or or a soft reboot, so you can clear the past. Let go of the past, uh, like yeah. Kylo said. Yeah, I'm sold. Green light. Green light. Yep. Yeah. Green light. Yeah, I'm a green light on this as well. Because Red light. Especially the, oh, shit. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. No, okay. Uh, being uh, a provocateur. Yes, you are. No, I, I especially like the idea, because you're telling contemporary stories, this is the contemporary makeup of television now. And you can have a wider, diverse set of stories with a wider, diverse set of of characters. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they, if they if they go long form. And it'll be Buffy with cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. That itself is a whole new show. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Interesting. They're walking down the hall on their smartphone, not noticing the vampire creeping up behind him. Well, no, there's so many episodes of Buffy where it's like, 
they're trying to find something. It's like, call it. Oh, no, there's no phone. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, but I got you now. It's, it's, you, Jeff, oh, you, you get that augmented reality app so you can just hold it up and go, oh, that one's a vampire. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. I convinced Jeff. Yeah, good job. That is an easy. Yeah. I no, hear his sure. PR firm is very contrarian. <laughs> All right, red light, green light, gentlemen. Westworld creators, showrunners Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are developing a new series called The Peripheral for Amazon Studios based on the novel by cyberpunk legend William Gibson. The book takes place in America in two different timelines, the near future and one that's a bit more distant and may or may not be an alternate reality. The main character is a woman named Flynn Fisher, who discovers a secret connection between the two realities that give her a glimpse of a coming apocalypse and involves her in a murder that may have implications for both timelines. The series is currently in script development with an option for it to go into production, and the team that Nolan and Joy have assembled includes writer Scott B. Smith, author of A Simple Plan and The Ruins, and director Vincenzo Natale, who is the director behind Cube and Splice, who is slated to helm the pilot. Well, this is an unusual one because usually they're already in gone. production. They're, they're, already, they're already, yeah, there's no stopping it. This one could actually not happen. Yeah, this is, but this, yeah. this one we can affect, gentlemen. I, this is important. I like the pedigree. I'm We're greenlighting it just on a pedigree. Yeah, Jonathan Nolan's done a great job. I mean, you know, obviously Christopher's, Christopher's the more well-known brother, but... Um, I've liked what Jonathan's put out so far. I, you know, loved Westworld. Um, I'm more sold on the uh, Gibson. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a green light too. Yeah. Green light. Um, what Gibson has there been any Gibson successful Gibson properties that have been brought to the small screen or for that matter, big screen. It's funny. Hmm. There's been a lot of stuff that borrows heavily on stuff. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Right. Stuff direct. that's in- inspired by, but not direct um, translation. There is, uh, no. I think there's... Oh, Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, that's right. That yeah. is one of his. And that was yeah. not what you would call a faithful adaption. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um, so... That's... that's. I guess when you put uh, Keanu Reeves in an adaptation, you get Johnny Mnemonics and Constantines in these worlds, so... Yeah. Well... But, I, but I, do you think it's more about him, or do you think it's no. just the, the script writers, and he's just I doing don't. the best I, with the material? Yeah, I don't... I, I honestly don't see... I'm just saying there's a connector there, and I don't know what it is, but it certainly looks like Keanu Reeves. Correlation's not causation. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with Kirsten on this one, because both John Wick films had a great script and were fantastically acted by Keanu Reeves. And they were based so. on what book or property? Um, oh, it's... Um, Mic drop. Is it based on a book? It's based... Yeah, it's... Uh, shoot. Oh yeah, I gotta look go. up the name of the book. So I'm trying to give it the. Do you know? Do you actually know? Or you're just being a no? I don't honestly don't know. Okay. Have you even watched John Wick? No. Is it any good? Dude. Yeah, I can't find the first one. I see the second one around. It's tough. Yeah. Well, the second one is the one that's making the rounds on the pay stations, but no, the the first one was was just on originally. I've never played it on PlayStation. Murph. Oh, I pillowed that one. Hey, hey, stations. That's the film series. Yeah, green light. Yeah. But I don't. 
I remember there was one uh, kind of awful 80s cyberpunk thing where Gibson made an appearance. Oh. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it uh, had the 80s crowd. You know, Armand Asante and uh, 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 Kim. Um, to some extent, his stuff is too smart to be easily adapted. I mean... The difference engine is brilliant, but even I was I was like reading and going, I, yeah, I bet I'd get more out of this if I knew my history a little bit better, and I thought I kind of knew history. It's kind of like when you go deep into Philip Dick's stuff, when you yeah. get like a, the stigmata of Palmer Eldritch and things like that, that don't translate well. It's, hey, man, that deep dick <laughs> is going to, that'll fuck you up. Deep, a little deep dicking. Yeah. Uh, Did you find it, Jeff? And you can't have a lot of deep dick back to back, because... <laughs> Back to back, well, Can you even do deep dick. Back according to, back? to Wikipedia, it was a uh, <laughs> original treatment by screenwriter Derek Kolstad. Aha! Uh-huh. So it wasn't based on anything. Ah. No. <laughs> I rest my case. So it was pulled out of their ass. It is such a good movie. Keanu though, Reeves dude. is amazing with original properties, but if you put him in something based on something else, what was was there a that point property break? just don't work? Was there a Point Break novel? It was amazing, wasn't it? Are you sure? No. Yeah, yeah I am sure. Because that's, that's a Cameron script. That's a James Cameron joint. All right, so green lights across the board, because I'm green lighting that. Because, yeah, the pedigree is just too friggin' amazing across the board. Even the director. I love Cube. Cube is a fun movie. If you, wanna, if you haven't seen Cube, that is a small sci-fi movie that is all... Is that the one where everyone's inside a Cube sort of maze thing? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah. The, the cute month cube is, is cube about the, the one where they're cube. all inside of a cube. cube. <laughs> is is it, it the one where there's no that, relation to gleaming the cube? No, no, okay. none whatsoever. No, is that, that, is that no, that was a based on a novel by Faulkner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that the one where there's Star Wars? Is that the one where they yeah, go Battle on Beyond a, the Stars? That's the on one a, on a Star Trek. Battle Beyond the Trek. Yeah, that's the one. Red light, green light. Okay. Where they guard the galaxy. We need some crap here. These have all been too good. You got any really weird ones that are crappy? <laughs> I want to mock something. Yeah, Andy's taken to bring the funny, Todd. You're not doing your job feeding him material. And you're over there telling dick jokes, taking my thunder <laughs> away. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry I preempted you with the little hands joke. Yeah. Although, you know what? I, I actually... I actually do want to apologize for that joke because I was thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I saw that was also a little disturbing was a lot of people were doing the where there's smoke, there's fire argument and believing that there must be something else deeper and darker in guns past. and Humor is not consent. Exactly. And so... You well, know. That's, that's one of the typical logical fallacies is yeah. that right. A does not always equal B. Yeah. And, Unless you can't believe in an adaptation. My so joke, my, my joke slightly plays into that, and I definitely don't believe that about him. I definitely believe he is a, is a sincerely transformed and good person. I also believe that even back then it was all jokes and there was nothing behind it. So, you know. We're talking about Lemmy the Dwarf, right? Flemmy. Oh, Flemmy the Dwarf. Okay. Flemmy. Yeah. Flemmy Lemmy. 
<laughs> Flemmy, Lemmy the Dwarf. Uh, and to answer your question, Andy, uh, I think the bad ones are on another page because I'm not seeing oh, all that horrible fine. ones right. here. Give me, give me a good one then. So I'm going to give you one. Well, it doesn't matter, mean you're going to like it. Okay. These are good cherries. I, I think this next one you're going to like, though. Red light, green light. The CW slate of DC comic book shows is about to grow larger with a Batwoman series currently in development at the yeah. network. The character's oh, gonna, that makes sense. The character's going to man. Jeff knew it all along. Oh, no, because uh, Batwoman is supposed to make uh, an appearance on uh, the seventh season of Arrow, which ah. starts in the fall. The character's going to make an appearance on the annual fall crossover between The Flash, Arrow, Legend of Tomorrow, and Supergirl... Vampire Diaries writer-producer Carolyn Dries is locked in as writer and producer on the project, along with, of course, Greg Berlanti, uh, Sarah Schlechner, and Jeff Johns. Making her debut in 1956 as Detective Comics number 233, Batwoman began as Kathy Kane, a rich Gotham socialite and former circus performer who uses her money and skills to fight crime and attract the attentions of Batman for whom she harbors romantic feelings. However, this iteration of the hero was wiped out of DC's continuity during 1985's limited series Crisis on Infinite Earths. Batwoman was reestablished into existence in 2006 in the form of Kate Kane, a Jewish LBGQT character, one of the first openly gay characters in the DC universe. Hmm. Berlanti's Batwoman. Coming to the Arrowverse. Well, you know it's a green light for me yeah. because, honestly, in my eyes, Berlanti and his Berlantiverse can do no wrong at this point. They've taken things. I mean, they've introduced characters in the shows that I'm like, I don't know if that character is going to work in this setting. And surprise, surprise, works, yeah. works and works so well that that character either makes a repeat of, uh, appearance or suddenly becomes a series regular in a follow-up season. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely green light for me. Green light. Yeah. Uh, green light, yeah. I, I think I saw somewhere that they put out a casting call for the title character, and they didn't... It's not Keanu Reeves, is it? No, but they oh, weren't okay. specific about um, race. So they were just going to go with, you know... All over the place. They had a really open casting call on this. Cool. So it could be very interesting. Now, um, I'm trying to remember, wasn't there something really awful about Batwoman's costume when it was in, I mean, it's not like bright yellow or something stupid like that? No. It's black with a red bat on the... No, I think the new one's black with a red one, but I think the original one had something you guys keep talking about. Oh, way about. back when? Uh, the, when it was introduced. I think oh. it, was, it was a really awful costume. I, I Unlike you, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't either. Yeah. <laughs> but she was still being reprinted back when I was a kid. <laughs> now, in light of uh, like the recent Scarlett Johansson controversy mm-hmm. and so on, it... Uh, do you think that there could be any blowback or or anything if the uh main actor the, the person playing uh Batwoman was hetero in in the current climate of things I wouldn't be surprised if it was not not that I agree with that in any way mm-hmm. cuz an actor can act mm-hmm. all right I have I've Known plenty of gay actors that act straight, and know plenty of straight actors that have acted gay yeah. on stage. And but it's also weird for Hollywood because it has it has this left leaning presentation, mm. but there still is an undercurrent of uh, 
well, I guess it results in homophobia in terms of the business. Like if you're openly gay, it, it makes, they're afraid the audience won't accept you as a romantic lead in a hetero rom-com, right? You know? My, my dear boy, I think have you tried acting? This is a, so, so Biggs told the other day. Yeah, but still. I, th- I think it's becoming more acceptable now because it does not seem, I mean, I know with that industry, it probably still happens. Yeah. But I think the majority of the time, there's less and less of that. Yeah, I mean, maybe in, our, the, in, the, maybe in the current in the current environment, I should say. Yeah. Well, well, in terms of you, you mean in terms of accepting LGBT. Well, I mean, it, it, in terms of the castings that are going on, if it's a name that you know, I mean, Zachary Quinto is openly gay, but has played oh, okay. several straight so, yeah, characters. Yeah. You know, in leads. People wanting to hide. Because I, I, so, but I'm wondering if if there'll be backlash. If there'll be any kind of outcry if they do cast a hetero woman, right? Well, and I don't. And it, it's going to depend also on if they go with the current version that's in the comics, or if they go with what they often do with the Berlanti verse and do its own unique take. So, um, you know, well, okay. it it could be anything. Yeah, we, well, we don't no. we don't know no, oh, dude, how they're going to no. craft that character. Dude, that no, point. that character. That character is defined by being LGBT. That character has to be a lesbian. Has to be. Yeah. That's a defining characteristic of Carol Kane. Yeah. Something like Carol Kane. I know. Carol I was Kane. just like. Cat Kane is what Kat you said. Cat Kane. Kathy Kane. Kat Kate, Kane. Kate Kane. Kate Kane. Okay. I was like, Carol Kane? That's like the, the actress. <laughs> yeah. So. You get a, you get a lousy so, miracle so, if you do that. And, it's and, much and, better than Carol Channing. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, if they were to make not make her lesbian, boy oh boy, that would that would be a firestorm. Well, so again, the, the we're talking like, about the modern version in the comics. Yeah, that's so, what they're gonna go with. I did so, find yeah. the, I did find the picture of the original costume, and it was yellow, and it is awful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it is. It yeah, it's like truly, all yellow truly with terrible. some black trim. Yellow, red, and black, and she has a little all bow right. tie. Little bow tie on that. I, cape. I, I'm not sure if it's a bow tie or if it's just supposed to be a collar on the cape, but yeah, it's all right. uh, it's not it's not good. It's funny. That's probably how I would have designed it when I was nine. Oh, how we've grown. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that ah, oh. <laughs> we 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 got to figure out how to make that a shirt. <laughs> oh, how we've grown. So just okay, I was Tommy just speculating. Die. My speculations are dangerous. Um, but I, yeah, I think it'll be fine. I think I think yeah. No, 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 no. But what will be fine? If do, if they cast a hetero actress, it'll Either be way. fine. Yeah. Not if they cast Keanu Reeves. Yeah, you're not helping Todd. I never do. Uh, I mean, if there wasn't as much backlash in Supergirl when um, uh, Kara's sister, who, the right. actress, I'm trying to think of her right the actress's name right yeah. now, um, um, sure. comes out as lesbian, and she herself in real life is straight. Married, mm-hmm. has kids, mm-hmm. but that, she was very point. accepting of the changes that were made in the script and the growth of that character. And so far, the community has embraced her right. for an honest portrayal of her coming to terms with her sexuality and, you know, discovering that you know, this is why I've had such struggles in my life is because I haven't accepted that 
this is how All this right. is who I am. So well, nobody it, even it, it, it honestly it's going to depend. It depends on who they cast. Yeah. It depends on how how well the character is is crafted in the scripts. It's going to depend on a well, lot of different well, things. Well, a lot of these things turn into firestorms before it's ever shot. Well, yeah, I mean, so the, I, that's the thing I'm talking about. Sure, no. Is they announce who it is and everyone's like, "Ah, but anyway, maybe they should yeah. hire Carol Channing." I'm Batwoman. <laughs> no. <laughs> Carol Carol Kane. The uh, uh Let me hear your Carol I don't have I a Carol Kane. Ah! I don't have a Carol Kane there. No. <laughs> I can do there Carol Channing. Oh, that'd be a funny rule. Don't bring up a celebrity unless you can do the impression. <laughs> She's actually <laughs> Kyler she, Lee, she that's is, her name. I couldn't she think is of that. Brilliant on in uh Supergirl. Uh the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Carol Kane? Carol Kane. No. Not Carol Channing? No, she's she was not. brilliant. Hello, Dolly. I think she was. <laughs> um, yeah, what she, did you think Carol King was oh. brilliant? And write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Keanu Reeves. Wait, no. Vac Jack Dandy. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. You Engage. wish you were Keanu Reeves. I Whoa. sure do. <laughs> I'm Flemmy. I'm here to drink all your alcohol and smoke all your cigarettes. Let's rock. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. I want Flimmy the dwarf rocker. <laughs> oh, can you, can you get out that hat? It's you and me, Snow White. We're going in the back. Where's your, where's your sketch pad, Andy? Get to work. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. I, I'm all sketched out. Oh, Let me show you I'm my not, jewel I'm collection. Not. Are you going to start singing it? And I'm all sketched yes. out. Overcome. I wrote a song from Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't turn off yet. I forgot to take our picture. Oh. <laughs> Is that how it goes official? Yeah. It can only be we, you know, we, shot we can, while we can all fake we're it. going. We can stop and act like we're going. Yeah, pretend. You can try acting. Acting. Yes. So that was, uh, I was with Biggs for, I had dinner with Biggs, and he was talking I about. I hate that play. Yes. <laughs> dinner with, oh, I did it with Biggs. <laughs> oh, now, now we actually have to write that play. <laughs> no, we don't. We'll make Biggs tell the story when he gets here We'll let Biggs time. write it. Yeah. Biggs, Biggs should write his own play. <laughs> that's that's a really close little picture. We don't. I was gonna yeah. say you're barely, you're barely in that. You might want to. Nah, I say I'm hardly be. ever in it. Yeah, but there's usually your forehead. There was only like the small edge of your forehead. Oh Just well, bring up my forehead. That's at least a five head. Man, yeah, he's got at least two of my foreheads. Okay, <laughs> I got a dinky little piddly baby forehead. That's your hairline's <laughs> low. My hairline's super low. Yeah. That's why I don't like wearing hats. Okay, we need hats. We do. Oh, how we've grown. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. It should say, oh, how we've grown. And then in like parentheses, or not, in a very small yeah, type face. Really. Oh, <laughs> how we've grown. <laughs> Hashtag rehire James Gunn. Yeah. <laughs>